Let's get digital, digital. I wanna get digital. Let's get into digital. Let me hear my colleagues talk. My colleagues talk. Let me hear my colleagues talk. Hello and welcome to the Let's Get Digital podcast. I'm Stacey Sol and I teach business and I'm also an advanced practitioner at Oldham College. And I'm Eve Shepherd, an ESOL teacher and also advanced practitioner. So together we are on a mission to find out what's working in digital teaching, learning and assessment in FE. So in the podcast series, we're going to be talking to tutors around the college and to find out how they use digital tools to make the best of online blended and remote learning in lockdown and beyond. We'll be chatting about practical ideas to help with everyday teaching practice. We want to spread the word about the amazing creativity and resourcefulness of FE teachers who are finding new ways of doing things and shaping the future of teaching and learning. Yay! In this episode, we talked to Louise and Joanne from our English team about how they got over 200 views for their revision videos. What really came out of our chat was the importance of keeping things simple and accessible. And... Um, here I'm talking about accessibility in terms of learners having different levels of digital literacy and different access to devices. So having resources that are easy to access um, for all learners. So it was a really interesting chat and I think it's an approach that could be used in all kinds of contexts. I hope you enjoy listening. Okay, so um, to start off with, um, could you just tell us a bit about yourselves? Like what's your role um, and what's your subject area? Um, so just a bit of background about who you are. Um, can I start with Joanne? Yeah. Um, so yeah, my name is Joanne Romney. I'm Director of English and Maths at Oldham College. Um, so I manage the English and Maths departments and that kind of covers 16 to 18 year olds, adults and work-based learning apprentices as well. Um, on the English and math side, so for functional skills qualifications, but also our um, GCSE qualifications as well. Um, and then I also teach some GCSE English myself. And Louise? I'm the programme leader for functional skills English at the college. Um, so I work with students doing functional skills English, 16 to 18 adults and apprenticeships, um, and also teach functional skills English as well. Okay, fab. Um, so I think you've already answered the other question, which is about who your learners are. Um, so we're going to talk about an approach that you've taken with your learners. Was it aimed at any particular group of learners, what you've done? Yeah, so it was our um, functional skills English learners. Um, so 16 to 18 year olds, but adults as well, that were kind of preparing for their first exam. So it's for their level one or level two reading exam that they sat recently. So it was looking at how we could support them in their revision. Okay. Um, and before we talk more specifically, um, can you tell us what delivery model you're using um, at the moment? Uh, like, is it a blended learning or is it all online or uh, what model are you using? Yeah, so for our adults, it's more blended. So they do um, a lesson in college every fortnight. And then they also do some online work in between. Um, some of them have had IT access issues though. So in some cases we're having to provide like paper-based resources as an alternative or to supplement kind of online work that we're doing depending on what equipment they've got. Um, and then for our 16 to 18 year olds at the moment, it's all online. 
Um, there's been a little bit of face-to-face -face in college. So we've done some revision sessions and things and some kind of boosters and, and things like that in college, but it's mainly delivered online at the moment, but we're hoping to increase the amount of face-to-face -face delivery um, soon if we can. Okay. So can you tell us what you did to try to um, help your learners prepare for their functional exams? Um, well, I think it's, you know, it's been quite challenging this year, as we all know. So I've been trying to think outside the box a little bit and try some new approaches that we thought the learners might engage with. So we produced some um, YouTube revision videos for the learners. So these videos were aimed at different topics that the learners would cover as part of the reading exam. And then in preparation for the exam that they were sitting recently, these YouTube um, links were sent out by a text message to them so that they could open the text message, click on the link and watch the YouTube revision video from the phone. So we had um, a range of videos for all the different topics that they would cover and they looked at things like fact, opinion and bias, language techniques, layout features, writer's viewpoints. Um, so just kind of short videos really that they could access from the phone, they could watch on the go, they could watch them on the bus. Um, we had some students comment say, um, you know, I'm on my home from college, I've just watched this. Um, while I'm on the bus and you know they found, seemed to find it really useful and really accessible because it was something that they could just click on wherever they were whenever they received that message. Brilliant so how did you make the videos? They were like um, PowerPoint presentations really so we, we made some PowerPoint presentations that kind of covered the key exam topics and then what kind of questions might come up and kind of modeled the kind of answers that they would need to provide. And then we did the narration over it. So we, we narrated audio over the PowerPoint so they could hear us kind of talking through and that just so it was a bit more explicit um, for them. So rather than them having to click through something, it was, you had the teacher kind of explaining and narrating it for them. And then from that, we had to kind of convert it into a YouTube video and just uploaded it to our YouTube channel. Um, and then obviously we could just use those links then. So once we had those videos, it was just texting those links straight to their phones just to try and make it as accessible for them as possible. So they didn't have to kind of dig around online to find things or, um, you know, be, be on college site to find it. It was just nice and easy for them, um, which we think is probably the reason that we got really good view rates um, in terms of how many students access them. I think it's pro probably something to do with the fact that it was on their phone and it was very easy and they could click on it wherever they were. Um, so can you tell us a bit more, what do you think the impact has been of, of the videos going out to them? Um, in terms of views, so we had about 170 students sit the exam and then each, so we sent I think either four or five videos via text, each video had between like 140 and about 250 views. So most of the videos seem to have been watched at least once, if not twice, by some of the students, um, which we thought was really good uptake because this was kind of extra on top of their kind of compulsory learning and compulsory lessons. So it was good to see that they were engaging with this in their own time. We didn't we didn't play them in class at all. So we know that, you know, that, that kind of viewing has been done in their own time. It wasn't in lessons or, or through the teacher kind of going through it with them. So we thought that was really positive that they were kind of taking ownership of their revision and, and sort of doing it in their own independent learning time. Um, but also like Louise said, we had quite good feedback. So some of the students kind of, we, we had quite a lot of thumbs ups on the videos um, and some emails saying that they were useful or commenting on them in lessons that they'd watched them. Um, we I also had quite a few messages on Google Classroom about them as well. So students, um, going on to Google Classroom and sending us messages saying, oh, I've just watched some of these videos and I found this one really useful. And 
I really liked how it made it clear in terms of what kind of exam question I was going to get and how I would answer that in the exam. So there's quite a lot of positive feedback um, from a lot of students coming through to us about them. Yeah, and we had as well, like on the exam days, we saw some students in college before their exams watching them. So I saw some students in the kind of quad area or outside the kind of, you know, in the out outdoors area that seemed to be watching them on their phones as kind of a little bit of last minute revision as well. So we could see that they were being used, which was really positive. Um, we haven't had many results back yet because our exams were last week, but obviously hopefully we'll see some impact in the achievement of students as well. It's amazing that, that they are just kind of taking ownership of it and it's so accessible for them as well because I think sometimes with students and them revising it's all a case of that they have to get all the paperwork out or they have to trudge through you know google classroom to find stuff so to have something that's so accessible um, is really really positive for them and and then for them to take the time to give feedback to say how it has impacted them as well I think is brilliant it's really good yeah, I think we find sometimes with English and maths as well that there's so much out there in terms of revision and loads of different resources that they can choose from that they get a bit of overwhelmed in terms of what do I pick and what's going to be the most useful. And I think as well, because all of us, well, most of our students are doing a full time vocational course and English and maths, they can become a bit overwhelmed in terms of structuring their revision and knowing where to start really so I think it was like you say it was just really accessible and simple for them that it was kind of directly to them and giving them the main information the main resources and techniques that they needed okay so um it sounds like it's all been really positive so um have you got plans to carry on doing this and is there anything you'd do to kind of adapt or change it going forward yeah, so we've made um, so we've made some for the writing exam as well, which students will be doing after Christmas, so in the next term. Um, so we've got those. Well, Louise has made those, so they're set up already. Um, we've made some for GCSE as well, and the maths team have also made some. Again, they don't have their exams until after the Christmas break, but they're kind of ready to go. Um, so we're looking at rolling it out really across all of our courses and all of our different cohorts because we think it it will be useful for all of them um in terms of kind of what we do differently so we just noticed a few things like the last video that we so we sent them a daily text message um we noticed the last one had although it still had good view kind of count it was less than the other ones so we wondered whether it was a bit kind of fatigue that they kept getting them and it was kind of started to switch off a little bit and I think particularly if they might be getting some for maths and, and some of their other courses as well we might need to just think about the sequencing like how often we send them and how often we space them apart um, we noticed as well, Louise, didn't we, in terms of the analytics that were really useful on YouTube. You can kind of see when they when they turn the video off, whether they watch it to the, the end or whether they watch just a little bit of it. Um, so from that, we could see that maybe some students were kind of after about, I think most videos were they about 10 minutes, Louise. Yeah, most of them were between around, probably averaging about 10 minutes, but between about eight and maybe about 14 minutes. And we could kind of see that probably after about six to eight minutes some of them were switching off at that point um so it's just made us think about the length of them and how much content's in them and whether we need to keep them kind of short and snappy um particularly when there's lots of different topics so it's not like just one video on the whole exam there's quite a lot of different topics to cover so it's just made us think a little bit about maybe the length of them and and like the sequencing and the order of them and how we space them I've just had a look at them now, though, and even the last one that we sent out towards the end of the week, even that one now has been viewed 150 times. And obviously, wow. Because it was sent to around 170 students. 
you know, some of them won't have watched it. Some of them may have watched it more than once. But I think, you know, that that's quite good engagement from from it being sent to 170 students. Um, something else that I think we've thought about as well in terms of using the future is that we thought we might do um, kind of a, a, a guide of, of an exam. So maybe record on screen, this is what the exam would look like. Um, from the Evolve um, platform, City and Guilds, you can get sample exams. So you could then walk them through and demonstrate, this is what the real exam would look like. This is the kind of question that you would get. If you're unsure on a question, you could flag it here and then it'll put a little red flag and it'll remind you to go back to that question. Um, just to give them a bit of guidance really on what it's actually going to look like. So we thought that might be one that we would do in the future as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because some of them sometimes struggle, particularly with some of our adults struggle with the IT skills involved in the online exams. Um, and sometimes we do paper-based exams for those learners as well. But it, we thought that would be a good way of kind of, as well as covering the English content, covering some more of the kind of technical this is, this is how it looks, you know, this is what it looks like, this is how you operate it, just to give them a bit more confidence when they go in so there's no kind of surprises. Um, just trying to think about what else. Oh, we said that, again, because we, we might have some paper-based exams, like for GCSE, they're paper-based, that we might have like a visualiser and put the paper-based exam under it and kind of talk and narrate through, right, this is what you get and this is what the first question will be like and kind of model live answers with them, um, do some videos that way as well. That sounds fab doesn't it? it? does. So for other teachers making anything like that, what would be your top tips for other colleagues? I think, I think it's about, um, I found that with, particularly with English and maths, these are usually subjects that if they've come to college, obviously they've not achieved the kind of grade four or above at school usually these are subjects that they're not that confident with or that they feel that they struggle with. Um, they maybe have barriers to their learning in, in the past that they need to kind of overcome now. So I think a really good tip for kind of English and math specifically is trying to keep it as simple and as accessible as possible. So trying not to overload with loads of information, keeping it quite straightforward, um, giving them examples of kind of what it will look like in the exam and how, so if you're teaching them a skill, how is this applied in an exam style kind of context or question? Um, we tend to do a bit of modeling as well. So sort of showing, you know, if this was the question, these are kind of some sentence styles or some phrases that you could use to help you try and structure your answer. And this is the kind of thing that the examiner would be looking for. Maybe like using some kind of student friendly um, exam mark schemes as well so they get, so it's made really really explicit for them what skills they're trying to show in each question so I think that's kind of the, the tip really with it is to try and keep it um, as simple and straightforward for them as possible so they don't feel overwhelmed and they do start to feel a bit more confident that they can master it and it's not too intimidating for them um, trying to think if there's anything else Louise that we tried to cover in those in the functional skills ones I think you covered, didn't you, like um, with functional skills, there's lots of different ways that a question can be worded. Yeah, yeah so with, with functional skills, sometimes it can, can be quite difficult because if you're teaching them layout features, for example, in the exam, they won't necessarily refer to them as layout features. So for the students, it's, they have to try and get used to all the different ways that that question could be asked. So they might refer to it as layout features or it might be presentational devices or the question might ask how a document's been organised and structured really it's all testing the same skill but the students sometimes get confused by the wording of the question so i think um in the videos obviously having that and, and talking them through that and explaining that to them 
hopefully again would make that topic a little bit more clear in terms of the kind of questions that they're looking out for and what kind of wording they would need to be familiar with to be able to answer the question. I think as well probably another useful thing to do is to maybe at the end give them um, kind of sample activities or how they can now apply it so if they've watched it give them you know now you can go away and access this resource to check that you've understood it and to make sure that you have grasped all of this information um, or we've just kind of set up a lot of extra booster classes that are running for students as well so maybe in future videos we could direct them at the end to the booster classes that are running so if they do need a bit more support with it or a bit more guidance rather than just watching a video independently there's an option to kind of come and get a bit more help from a teacher as well can you put you can put links in can't you underneath the youtube video in the description so you know you could have a link to a quiz or something couldn't you or a link to a website or somewhere where they can do some practice maybe yeah definitely something like that i think so i think then you kind of testing have they grasped it as well as mm. just watching it or are there still some misconceptions or some errors that they're making Thank you so much for sharing that, because uh, I think it's going to be really, really useful. Um, I've learned something from it already. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and I think it could apply across all disciplines, really. It doesn't yeah. have to be English and maths, does it? And I think that thing about it being accessible on a phone and just texting it out to them using YouTube yeah. in that way is, is brilliant. Um, and it's just so easy, isn't it? They don't need a password. They don't need to log into anything. Um, they can just sort of click and play. Yeah, I think that's it, because I think, you know, sometimes it might be that they've not got maybe a laptop at home or they've not got um, tablets and things at home. But mo we find most of our students do seem to have some kind of a smartphone or some kind of a device where if we send them a text, they can access it. So it's just trying to overcome any of those initial barriers of you've got to have a laptop or you've got to have a, you know, you've got to know your passwords and you've got to go through all these different stages to get to something. It was just we think it's kind of worked quite well because it has been really accessible for them. And everyone has YouTube on their phone, don't they? They don't have to download an app or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Right, thank you so much. And thank you for being our guinea pigs because this is our first attempt. Thank you for listening. If you've got any comments or you'd like to ask any questions, you can contact us on email or on Twitter at tutorsdaysit underscore AP. And I'm at esol underscore eve. So thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. So come on, come on, come on, let's get digital.